Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing today, tonight, this morning, this afternoon? Doing great here in the great state of Wisconsin. A little snowy, a little cold, but nothing we cannot handle. I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is settling in to the new year. I know I am. I'm trying to put all my best foot forward. I'm trying to think about where I want to go and how I can better myself as well as better my children's lives. You know, as we can tell heading into the new year, one thing remains that this year will be just as challenging as last year was. So that will be the test. But with all things, I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is happy and I hope everyone is sticking to their New Year's resolutions. Please do. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, the last couple weeks are the reason I, I love politics. I love the excitement. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't like what happened on the 6th. I think that was wrong. The symbolism to me just, you know, if you listen to the last episode, it pissed me off. You know, first thing people do when they want to take over any country is they take the capital. Because once you take the capital, you control the country. And so when I saw those people take or do their best to take the capital, it pissed me off. And it just it made me feel a certain kind of way. You know, I mean, the one thing I told my friend and me to have this conversation is he told me, it's like, Mark, I didn't like that Donald Trump won in 2016, but I respected it. I respected the process. But this time what we saw, we saw people who were diehard Trump supporters not respect the process. The media doesn't call elections. Mike Pence can overturn the election on the 6th. If vice presidents could do that. Do you think Bill Clinton would have been president? Do you think Al Gore would have conceded? He would have just made himself president. Do you think Joe Biden would have handed the the presidency to uh, Donald Trump? Those are the questions that weren't asked, and those were the questions that people were so misled on believing. These facts that are false. In life, we have to, we need to, we want to, or at least I do. I want to seek the truth. I want to seek the truth. And the last couple of weeks, people did not want to seek the truth. They only wanted to be fed what they believed. Can you imagine if people turned on Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, and they told him Donald Trump lost the election. It was close, but he lost. He came up short. People respected. People wouldn't be saying medias don't call elections. But they had no problem in 2016. You know, I never heard that phrase, media does not call an election, until this election. Media does call the election, but they look at the polls, they look at the stats, they look at the data before they do it. They just don't say, Joe Biden won. They just don't say, Obama won. They want to be 
They want to be truthful. They want to make sure when they make a call, they make the right call. And people have said it be, it's become a, a sort of a horse race. And they're right. Election Day has become this spectacle that we sit, we watch, and we look at the numbers, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. They want it that way because of ratings. They play us. They want us to tune in. CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Because they know we'll watch. They know we'll be tuned in. Because we're so die hard on knowing who will win. The one thing I've always said, the media picks who they want to be president. They don't call the election for that person without the facts. But at the beginning of the process, if you pay attention, the media will slowly gravitate to somebody, to who they want. They wanted Obama. They got him. They wanted Donald Trump. They almost were going to settle for Hillary, but Donald Trump was the main course, was the was the menu, and they got him. And they quickly got buyer's remorse. James Murdoch, the son of the guy who owns Fox News, said the media is to blame for what happened on the 6th. The media is to blame for what happened on the 6th. Ladies and gentlemen, the man is right. And that's why he stepped down from running his dad's empire, because he hated the way they were moving the network. We've got to cater to these people for disinformation. Disinformation. We have to lie to them so they continue to watch us because it's what they believe. We can't tell them the truth. If you can't tell them the truth, you get what you got on the six. You got people who think an election was rigged. Stop the steal. Do you know Stop the Steal was being worked on before the election? How can you call something stolen three months out before people have even voted? Oh, they're going to steal it. How do you know? Unless you predained it. I strongly believe in a nationalized elections. And when I say that a board, a simple ballot, the same way, people, same font, everything the same. It run the same way. And we make it where everybody can vote. We make it easy, not harder. Easy, not harder. Can you imagine that? People who do not want people to vote. Now, why? Because they're scared. And if they're scared, you have to look at them. Why? Why are you scared? Are you scared because you haven't broadened your message to the people? You're scared that if they come out, they're going to vote you out? You work for them. They do not work for you. It's the other way around, and people are so confused who sit there in Capitol Hill. You know, people said, and I heard this week, that if what happened had not happened at the Capitol, and had happened at a state house, had happened at a state house, the politicians would be too detached. I'd hate to say that that is true. I, I honestly believe that. But they came to their house. They were in their face. These were people who were forgotten, who were lost, 
who had for so long felt politicians turn their back on them. The media lies to them. Fake news. Donald Trump told them what he wanted. And if you listen this week, the one message I was hearing from these people who are facing time, serious time, as they sit and they ask Donald Trump for a part, they were saying we were invited by the president. The president invited us. He told us to go. Imagine that mindset. Donald Trump actually told these people to show up at the six. And then he told him to go into the Capitol and ring hell. That's what they are saying. And that's what they feel. That's what they feel. You know, I go back and forth with my friends because I say, you know, like, oh, Donald, Donald Trump shouldn't be responsible for this. And then almost you could say he shouldn't be. But he chose that date. He chose that time to speak. He chose that location. He knew exactly what he was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, think about it. These people, all the people that showed up that day, you're telling me they wouldn't have gone to Florida? They wouldn't have gone to Georgia? They wouldn't have gone to Ohio, California, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota? They would have gone to all these places had Donald Trump said, meet me here. But he said, meet me in D.C. on the Capitol. If you look at it, a few weeks before the 6th, Donald, the head of the Proud Boys, was spotted at the White House. Donald Trump was leaving that day, but the, Proud, the head of the Proud Boys was at the White House. They claimed there was no meeting. But how do we know? To me, it's too... You know, my friend says, Mark, are you getting a little conspiracy? I, I'm not becoming a conspiracy theorist, but I look at it. A lot of these people, some of them are Proud Boy members, other members. Can you imagine? The other day, a firefighter, never been in trouble his whole entire life, just retired. Now looking at least 20 years in a federal penitentiary. For what? For what? For the first time in his life, stepping out and doing something that he felt his commander-in-chief was telling him to do. The man just retired. He's got a pension. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. He worked his whole life, and now it's ruined. Now he will spend the back end at a federal prison. Could you imagine that? You skimped, you saved, you sacrificed. You get to retirement, you retire. And you make one failed decision that could cost you everything. Because you weren't thinking, you weren't living in the moment. Think about it, you weren't thinking. That is something my mom would have said to me. She said, Mark, weren't you thinking? You weren't thinking when you went into the Capitol? You thought it was okay? How stupid are you? These people. You know, I, I feel for them because they were slightly misguided. They looked up to a man 
who if he does not, I will say this, and I know he won't do it, but if he does not pardon these people, they should feel betrayed. I know I would. If I went to the speech on the 6th and I went to the Capitol because you said, let's go, and we went in there, and then we got a, I got arrested, and you got less than five days left, and you can't give me a pardon, and I'm facing some time, I'm going to feel like you've turned your back on me. I'm going to feel like it was not worth it. Donald Trump is the savior of these people. Donald Trump speaks to these people. Donald Trump speaks to the unheard. A buddy of mine said the other day, he looked at me, he said, Mark, these people beat up my president. These people attacked him from day Ethan one. They would not give him peace. Russia collusion hoax. CIA, FBI. The man just wanted to serve the people. He wanted to serve me, he said. And he said it with tears in his eyes. And I said, I hear you. But you can't say Donald Trump is the most... You know, he got the most mistreated president because I always I always bring up Obama. Then you could bring up Bush. Hell, you could even go back into Clinton, maybe Reagan, maybe Carter. Donald Trump is just the first president to cry about the pressures of the office. Think about it. The pressures of the office. Being president is all fun and games until you become the president. You know, I look at Joe Biden, and as he's he's a plan, and he's planning, and he's about to take the oath of office. You know, he's he's wanted this his whole entire life. He came close to being the VP, but never really having to make the final decision and have the blowback on which way you choose. The twentieth at noon, when he officially becomes president, or when he takes the oath of office. Think about it when he when he becomes president. In the Oval Office, and he sits there, and the door closes. And somebody comes in and says, Mr. President, we have an issue. That's when it's got to get real. You see, it's all flooded in games until you actually have to do the job. My question to Joe Biden is, are you ready to do the job? Donald Trump, don't get me wrong, he did good things. He did good things. But at the same time, he misled people. And like I heard someone say, the last two months, the last week since election, and recent memory will sum up the Trump presidency. And they said, not the good we did on, on this, on that, but these last two or three months. Will sum up the presidency. This person also said, people who will write about this presidency aren't even born yet. And I thought about it. I said, you know, that person might be right. This was Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway who said that. You know, she might be right. 
You know, they tell us we to to judge a president. We can't judge him when his time is up. We have to go ten years out from that event to have a, a retrospective and look and say how consequential was your presidency? How good was your presidency? Did you live up? Did you do everything you said you would do? Once we get to that point, we can write a fair retrospective of it. I honestly believe when it comes to me, did he do good stuff in the Middle East? Yes, he did stuff good in the Middle East. And I feel like if he had another term, he could have got the elusive peace deal in the Middle East. I think he could have got those things done. That's what the Trump presidency means to those people. Now, as we focus on what happened on the 6th and the outcome that has come, what we will clearly see is an impeachment. And people say, why should he be impeached? He, he did tell his people to go to the Capitol. He didn't. Yes, he did not. But it's like when your dad puts logs in the fire. And he has a poker. And he keeps poking, poking to get that flame nice and hot because the house is cold. Donald Trump, from election day to the 6th, was steady poking the logs on the fire. He was poking the logs to get it nice and hot. And as he got it nice and hot, he said, meet me in D.C. on the 6th. And let's stop the steal. Now, the question I will ask any of you, imagine if someone stole something from you. We've all been there. We've all had that feeling. Something we're passionate about being stolen from us. These people were coming because they were Damned if you were going to take their fucking vote from them. He told them they, they stole it from you. We got to get it back. The judges just don't want to hear or look at the facts. But meet me on the 6th. Mike Pence can change the results. He just needs the passion, the will, the guts to do it. Imagine that. Imagine putting your vice president in a situation unattainable, unattainable, that he knows he has no power on. So the people did what they, what anybody would do. They went to get justice. They went to get their votes they get the head of the stop the steal movement said well the plan was we were we were hoping we could go there and uh we could we could turn some 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 people around and they would seat the trump electors so you're telling me if you break in my house i'm gonna have a change of heart 
people you're talking about people who want to kill me, I'm gonna have a change of heart. That model, that mindset was just so dumb and stupid. What they should have done is just respect the results. Donald Trump should have conceded. He should have told them the election was fair. Everyone around him said this was the most fair election of the life to his lifetime. But he wanted nothing. He wanted, did not want to hear it. It could have been so much better than what it was. But it wasn't. So they impeached him a second time. Donald Trump makes history as the first president to be impeached twice. He was impeached for starting an insurrection. Some people would say a civil war. Ten Republicans came across at great peril and risk to themselves to vote for this impeachment. Think about that. Think about that. You're voting against someone, the leader of your party, to be impeached, to be indicted, because you feel that what they did was wrong. You're putting your seat, your name on the line, because you're that passionate about it. The question everyone's asking now is, should we impeach you? He's got less than 10 days left. Why? Why are we even doing this? People are so quick to bring up Lincoln. A house divided cannot stand. You know, I, I, I think that the six is like Gettysburg. The battle at Gettysburg. The battle at Gettysburg was the most deadliest battle of the war. But it was the turning point of the war. It was the turning point where the North, the Union, started to get the upper hand. I think the Six was kind of like that. I think the Six was the point where people saw who Donald Trump was or who they think he is. Donald Trump is something to everybody, but they saw at that moment what his words had done to these people. And so they impeached him. My question on that is, should we impeach him on his way out the door, or should we let it go? I go back and forth. But I also think he does bear some responsibility to what happened. And if we let him off the hook now, what the fuck is impeached? Like people said, what is impeachment for? We might as well just take it off the books. Because nobody's going to impeach anybody from their own party. Mitt Romney was the first senator to vote for indict, to, to vote, to do it. Ten Republicans crossed over. This is the most bipartisan impeachment there ever was. And it's because people felt so strongly about what they saw. These people broke into their house. 
They wanted blood. They had bloodlust on their mind. This man poked the coals for two and a half months. Stop the steal. They stole the election from you. Those black counties, something is wrong in them. The dead have risen to vote. No one was ever more screwed than Richard Nixon. But guess what? Richard Nixon knew the presidency was bigger than him. And he conceded. He did not challenge the results. Donald Trump could have played this so differently. He could have conceded. He could have, like someone said, took a victory tour. But he chose not to. He chose to play. He chose to play once again footsie with the the part of America that's a little seedy, a little crazy. He chose to play with that part of America. Can you imagine had he done this the right way? Can you imagine had Donald Trump actually said, you know, I lost the election. There's some stuff I question, but I lost. And he invited Joe Biden off over and they shook hands. And he told his supporters to come together. We have a new president. But instead, he poked the coals in his fire. Like people said, if you don't impeach a president for this, if you can't remove a president for this, you might as well get rid of the process. And I strongly agree. If you don't have 67 votes in the Senate, what the hell are you doing? You're basically giving the guy a slap on the wrist. Oh, I was acquitted. I was acquitted. I was indicted. I was impeached, but I was acquitted. No, you weren't. You were acquitted because you didn't, people did not have the balls to put their seat on the line. Their seat on the line. When I look at the first impeachment, I hear that, will you do me a favor, though? Will you do me a favor, though? Sounds like a mob boss. You know, I enjoy everything you did for me, but can you do me a favor, though? You know, I said that over and over in my head, and it sounded, it sounded corrupt. I look at this impeachment, and it looks corrupt. He, like I said, he chose that day. That time, that location, to hold a rally, and he did not think these people were going to do what they were going to do. Now I said, now I, I read where the FBI said these people had planned this before the sex. And when I heard that, I said, "Oh wait a minute, maybe the Democrats impeached too quick." But then, you know, I heard some make this point. He could have chose anywhere to hold this rally. He knew what he was doing. He was poking the coals for two and a half months, getting that fire nice and hot. Nice and hot. And it cost him an impeachment. He's the first president to be impeached twice. 
and the way things are looking in the Senate, Mitch McConnell was telling his members to vote your conscience, vote your will. He, the party, the Republican Party was not even whipping votes to protect him. The Republican Party knows what he did is wrong. Hell, I even know what he did was wrong. Stop the steal. James Murdoch said, what the media has done, they have pushed this diff disinformation. They are corpable to what happened. They should pay some kind of crime for getting these people to believe something that isn't true. Because had they just said Donald Trump lost the election, we wouldn't have had the six. Joe Biden, we wouldn't have it where we have more people sitting in D.C. protecting it. Do we have in other countries right now protecting us? Democracy is fragile. It's like a newborn baby. It's like a, like a, like a, like an egg. And if we're not careful, we can break it. We saw that on the six. Words have meaning. Words have power, and for anybody to think otherwise. Fox News right now is suffering because they have to tell the truth. But people have started to turn Newsmax. They've gone all the way in because they want to be fed what they want to be fed. James Murdoch said, I left Fox News because I, I wanted to get away from the disinformation. I don't blame him. When you, he got a good deal out of it. But disinformation leads to what happened on the 6th. It leads to a man telling you, stop the A man saying, stop the steal. A man playing to people's fragile minds and their, their thoughts and just playing to that part of America that believes the other side is just wrong. The other side is as corrupt as corrupt can be. And telling them, listen to me, the election, you were robbed. And now we can rectify the decision. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. You know, I, I, I think after this is all said and done, there needs to be legislation on the table that calls into question the media's role in all of this. John McCain told us his last speech, we need to stop listening to the talking heads. They only want to divide us. They don't want to bring us together because that is their bread and butter. And was he not more right than he was? We saw it on the 6th. We live in a country where the media, they need to tear us apart. They need to have us hating the other side. Why? Why do I have to hate you because you don't believe in my conservative principles? 
You're a liberal, I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal, you're a conservative. Why do we have to hate each other? Why can't we just come together as one? As one. You know, right now, you know, Mitch McConnell, how's he gonna vote? Is he gonna convict the president? He tells us he doesn't know. People are thinking it's some, some silly mind game. Rand Paul is saying that if we vote to to indict the president, one third of the party will leave the Republican Party. You know what I said? I look at Rand Paul. I say, you know what, Rand, if you're more concerned about the people leaving the party than doing what is right, maybe you should leave the party too, leader. True leaders don't look at the polls. They don't look at their constituents. They do what's right when they see wrong. But if we're so caught up into, well, they might leave the party. We can't have them leave the party. And what the fucking point? What's 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 impeachment for? You've got a man that incited a riot, an insurrection, and you're more worried about people leaving the party than trying to attract the people who crave leadership. Crave it. Willing to walk across the sand, forward, barefoot, forward. You do not want those people. You want the people that are so in love with a man that he was willing to whip up this frenzy. For what? You want, you want to keep those people in? Let them leave, Rand. Let them leave. They, they're not conservative. They don't want leadership. They just want to be force-fed what they already believe. Sometimes leaders have to take people down and say, this is how it is. Here are the facts. And here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Hello, my name is Senator Henderson. Thank you for coming to the town hall. The reason I indicted Donald Trump was I felt what he was doing was wrong. I felt that when a president knows he's gone too far and he does not back off it, but he continues to push it, it, it something has to be done. Was it an easy decision? No, it wasn't an easy decision. But this president had to be held accountable for his actions. Was he leaving? Yes, but he had to be held accountable for his actions. Certain things we cannot give a pass to, and that's why you voted for me. You voted for me to make the hard choices. The easiest choice would have been to let it go, to vote to acquit, 
to turn the other cheek, to say he's leaving, say it doesn't matter. But the people of this district, the people of this state need to know it does matter. If we don't hold Donald Trump accountable for this, what are we going to hold any president accountable for? So you can hate me today. You can hate me tomorrow. But I just ask that you respect me for taking a stand. Taking a stand where I can show my kids what I did. I can sleep good at night knowing that I took a tough vote that wasn't popular, that people didn't feel right. But I took this vote because I felt it was the right thing to do. So if you choose to give this president a pass, but you wouldn't choose to give, say, if this was Obama a pass, Clinton a pass, We have to get out of the mindset of, well, he's in my party. I can't vote against him. And we have to get in the mindset of saying, you know what? I don't want someone in my party that's willing to tear this country down to the point of no going back. I don't want them. We don't need them. That's what we need. That's what I would have said, Rand. Clear and simple. Now, I will go back and say that Democrats who are saying the president should be impeached on his words because of what he did, I would say be careful what you wish for. I will say there will come a time during election year, next year, where you have Democrats' rhetoric who starts bringing in question what they're saying. And should they be impeached? You know, if if Maxine Waters says something and then people go and do something that's just wrong, horrendous, should we impeach her? Should we kick her out of government? You know, those are the questions that, you know, if I was sitting there and I had to make that vote, I, I would. I'd question, I'd ask myself, is this a new standard that we're creating? Or is this a standard for Donald Trump? You see, we we can't have it both ways. If we do it today, we have to be willing to do it tomorrow. You know, if you're for impeaching Donald Trump because you feel his words incited this right, it's right inside this insurrection, as you call it. You have to be willing to say the same things when someone in your party does something where somebody does. Not what happened on the 6th, but comes damn near close to doing that. And if you say you can't, then my friend, you are the problem. You need to act, look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, why not? Why are you willing to give someone in your party a pass, but you're not willing to give Donald Trump? It's like my buddy said, they, they've been at him from day one. Day one. And that's what these people feel. He is their guy. He spoke to them. And they feel like everything they believed, they felt was being taken away from them, and they just wanted it back. 
if you can't see that, then maybe you don't need to be where you're sitting. We're at a, we're, we're at a very, we're at a point in this country where we could go either way. The benefit of this election cycle, I said to a friend of mine, I said, this is kind of like Lincoln in 1960. Lincoln was a very horrible public speaker, and he campaigned from home, pretty much just like Joe Biden. And when he got elected, South Carolina conceded, succeeded. We're at a time in this country where people don't trust the other side. People don't want to listen. People choose not to listen. People just want to be force-fed. Which way are we going to go? Which way are we going to go? Are we going to build from this? Are we going to learn from this? Or are we going to just choose to decide that what happened doesn't matter? And that Donald Trump had the right to do everything and say everything he wanted to say. And that we as a society should just respect that. This president is the first president to be impeached twice. I'll be honest, I didn't think you could be impeached twice. But again, I didn't think we would have a president that would do something so heinous. Like I said, he poked that fire for two months. He set it ablaze. And he lit the match. Free speech. As you clearly know, as we, we talk about this impeachment and how I feel about it. Some people say it's under attack. Some people say big corporate Big tech is basically controlling everything. Yes and no. These are companies. They're they're not governed by anything. They have their own rules, their own agenda. So of course, if you violate their rules, they can kick you off their platform. You know, we, it's a you know. It's their platform. It's not ours. It is a privilege just to be on it, you could say. So. But the big question is, when you look at Josh Hartley, 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 he loses the book deal. He loses the book deal. And he's got everything stripped away. Donald Trump can't even tweet anymore, let alone be on YouTube. Parlor lost their iCloud, lost Apple, Google kicked them off. The one thing I would say, you don't have to like what people say, but you should respect it. It's like how you know, people worship. You don't have to like what they say, 
but you have to respect it. And so by kicking Parler off, because we're saying we don't like the kind of people they run with, the the things that the people that are on that platform post, and we're going to kick them off. Do you know we're slowly pushing those people back into the dark web? The dark web. You know, out of the limelight. And less and less we will see what they're doing. You know, I had a parlor account. I won't say I was on there much, but I respected those people to say what they said. Now, I do think Parler had some responsibility to monitor, to, you know, monitor speech. Not all speech is good. We should respect it, but not all speech is good. And I feel like it was just a free-for-all on Parler. I think Google, Apple, before they kicked them off, should have had a mandatorium and said, you have this many days to clean up your act, to get it right. And if you can't, we're kicking you off. I think you give them that time, you give them that window, and you hold their feet to the fire. But we didn't. We kicked them off everything. And then conservatives sit there and they feel like they're being attacked. That what they're saying is not mattering. No one's listening to me, they're saying. Everyone's listening to the right. They beat up my president. They strip him of his right to free speech. And they take my parlor account away. I cannot be heard. I want to be heard. I choose to be heard. Josh hardly lost. The senator from Missouri lost his book deal. Like someone said, you can't tell me that book wouldn't have sold. That probably would have been the most best-selling book of the year. And it would have made his people a lot of money. But we're caught up in this thing, people say, cancer culture. Cancer culture. I don't like what you did, so I'm going to cancel you. I don't like what you become, so I'm going to cancel you. Cancer culture. I don't like what's going on, so I'm going to cancel you. And that's what they did to Josh. After the attack on the 6th, he still stood up to contest the election, or the electors. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm questioning. I, I, I don't feel right. There's questions. There's always questions. Never facts. The affidavits. I honestly believe the biggest thing, the biggest failure was the Supreme Court or any court didn't give them a voice. Didn't give them a platform to have an open say. Could you imagine had they? 
let the American people decide. Let us, let's bring us in the courtroom and see what they're saying. I personally feel like free speech isn't going away. But I also feel like the speech that people want to hear, you might not always agree with. And so silencing it because you feel like it's a detriment, detribute, it's, it's going to do harm if we let that speech out. I feel that that, you know, it plays in the hands of the people that want to make it about a free speech argument instead of an argument of what you're talking about makes no sense. What you're talking about is hazardous and what you're talking about can get someone killed. You know, if you, I, I think you should have a right to say, but I think if it, it goes a step further, once you're talking about killing somebody, causing harm to somebody. You know, you could tell us free speech. Yeah, it's free speech to a point until you start talking about harming anyone. You know, you don't have to like Joe Biden. You don't have to like Donald Trump. But both these men are, guess what? They're fathers, their husbands, their grandfathers. You know, you don't have to like their policies, but these are people behind them. Everybody that tweets something you don't like, you don't have to like it, but guess what? They're a loved one to someone. And so we should respect that. Not say we're going to cause harm to that. Because once we get into the mindset of harm, it's not about free speech anymore. It's just you've become a kook. You've become crazy. This country is 244 years old. We have to get it back. We have to start to want to rebuild. We have to want to look at the other side and say, give me your hand. You don't like me, I don't like you, but guess what? There's something we agree on. We all want our kids to go to a safe school. Let's start there. You dude, yeah. We all want good roads and bridges. Let's start there. Yeah. You start building from the things that you both can agree on. Now, you might not agree on how to get those things or to get to that infrastructure. But guess what? You want an infrastructure bill. Listen to the other side. Don't demonize it. Right now, that is what we're doing. We're demonizing the other side. We're kicking Parler off because of what happened to the six. We're saying every one of those people must pay. You didn't have to like Parler, but you should have given him the fair shot at cleaning up the app, cleaning up the speech. Start to put safeguards in place that aren't there to try your best to turn things around. That's what should have happened. Instead, we deny them. You know, people told me Parler was finally a Twitter account that I could speak on. I could share my thoughts, my conservative beliefs, and people were like-minded just like me.
And you had to respect that. And if you didn't, you have issues. Parlor was for conservatives. Like Facebook, when it first started, was for college kids. Eventually, they would have reached out to attract other people. But at the time, Parlor was like a niche, like a little boutique for people to speak their minds with conservative principles. We have to learn to respect that. Let's not turn away from that. Or we'll, we'll, we'll wake up and we'll see the six. We're at a fragile moment in this country. And I don't think people realize it. I don't think they choose to realize it. We should seek the truth. We should want the truth. We shouldn't want to be fed what we already believe. I had a buddy that hated George Bush, couldn't stand George Bush, so he watched MSNBC all day. He became a big Keith Olderman fan and a Rachel Maddow because he wanted to be force-fed what he believed. Can you imagine if my buddy turned to the channel and watched what? Fox News? Maybe got a different part of the diet? Got a different course that wasn't being served? We have to do it. This week's been challenging. And as I sat there and I wondered what I was going to say, and I said free speech, impeachment. I'm a firm believer when it comes to impeachment that if you don't have the votes, you shouldn't do it. But I'm a strong believer in thinking that impeachment is going to become this fruitful exercise where I don't like you, so I'm going to impeach you. And so it's going to be this back and forth nasty thing where we just slowly every day just want to impeach, impeach, impeach the president instead of listen to the president. You know, I, I did an episode where I, I said, did we give Donald Trump a chance? I think a lot of people didn't give Donald Trump a chance. But those same people who were telling me to vote to give Donald Trump a chance, now you need to turn it around and say, guess what? I am going to give Joe Biden a chance. Because if you do not, you are the problem. You are the problem. Give him a chance. Allow him to get his, <laughs> what he feels, what he believes off the floor. Like I said, this election is similar to 1960. But how it plays out is another thing. We have to start the healing process now. We have to want to do better. We have to. If not, when? When will we do better? That's the question we must ask. That's the question we must ask. When will we do better? Right now, we're looking. The capital's under siege. More people are sitting there. Then sit 
in any foreign country. People wanted to tear us down. Are we going to let them? Are we going to say, guess what? You cannot win. I will not be scared in believing what I believe, feeling what I feel. These are the things we must do. Please, please. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode impeachment. Like I said, I'm not a strong believer, and I feel like if you don't have the votes, you shouldn't do it. But on this one, I think, you know, when I say that, I said everyone's made the case for impeachment. Bill Clinton, the case was made. The first Donald Trump case, the case was made. But I knew, still knew if you didn't have the votes, it was futile. You know, you need 67 votes. If you don't got 67 votes, what are you doing? Free speech? Is free speech under attack? I, I, I think to a point. But I also think you have to give them a chance to clean up their act. Because steady pushing them deep in the dark web, then you are blind to what they're planning. And that is dangerous. You know, I want to know what's going on. I don't want to be surprised. You know, I'm I'm scared of what could happen on the 20th. But I'm trying to have some kind of faith in believing that it's all going to work out. Like I said, we're just a pattern of powder keg for something blowing up and being in our face. Right now is the, is the time that we should be looking to each other and saying, you know, what can I do to help you? You know, the people that did what they did on the 6th, you know, need help. And I'm a strong believer if I did what I did on the 6th and I'm facing prison time, Donald Trump should pardon me. Because guess what? I came there because of him. I wasn't there because of anybody else. And if people feel or will tell you that I was, they're lying. That's the argument that these lawyers are making on behalf of their clients. They're saying Donald Trump invited them. Donald Trump told him to go to the Capitol. Now the pushback would be to say, well, Donald Trump told him to go to the Capitol, but did he tell him to break the door? Did he tell him to break in? I don't think so. But he also did tell him to go to the Capitol. He invited them on the 6th. The guy who owns Turning Point, the conservative group, provided school buses. I think when it comes out, we're going to be shocked about what happened on the 6th. I do think it was an inside job. I think when it comes out, we'll be shocked at how much inside it was. But, as we consider, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like the material, please subscribe. Please like, please share. Please let your family know, your friends know. Political talk, please, please subscribe. Listen, it's been a pleasure once again. Impeachment, First Amendment, these are all big topics that we must discuss. But I'm also a firm believer that we all want the same things. Good schools, good jobs. It's all about just how we get there. But 
Something also tells me that Joe Biden is the right president for the job. I honestly feel that way. But don't listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully you enjoyed. Please subscribe, share. Much love. Good night.